Warning, the following podcast may contain language that some listeners may find offensive or confusing or intriguing. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the 3v3 podcast, your socially distanced hockey chat show. Here are your hosts, Cassie, Pat, and Patrick. I, um... I, I, I'm sorry for what I created a number of years ago. And, and I was the originator of the NHL Ties account, which started this whole, and I'm being very sarcastic and arrogant here, which started this whole fashion trend, paying attention to originally broadcasters, but also some players' fashions. And I am so thoroughly apologetic for what we all had to witness this past weekend. <clears throat> Someone please help Matt Duchesne. Please. Does he have a wife for that? <laughs> I... Although she shouldn't be the one to, to, to get the blame or the praise for that if that, you know, he, it should be up to her. Correct. He is a whole-ass grown human being. Right. Dear Nino Niederreiter, you are now a member of the Nashville Predators and a teammate of the aforementioned Matt Duchesne. Please help him. I, I can appreciate the kitsch. I can appreciate the kitsch in going for a, um, a, a Nashville tuxedo in, in the Carhartt. But my God in heaven was that thing tailored horribly. Horribly. Tailored horribly. Does not have the right boots to go with it. Correct. And where is my gosh darn belt buckle? Or belt, for that matter. The the amount of tensile strain being placed on that button was... NASA's having a tough time calculating how it was still being held in place. Gentlemen, a finger's width. You should be able to comfortably put your finger in and around your waistband. Of your tailored trousers. Okay? Okay? Old rule of thumb. It could be your thumb. I don't care. Easily should be one of your fingers. And I'm not even going to get into the whole... What the hell is going on with his hair? Or the color. Just, you know. I mean... I mean, I I guess it's Nashville. It's Nashville Predators color... Um. Yeah, if you're wearing boots, wear boot cut like pants. You know, yes. that's the, there's a reason why they're called quote unquote boot cut. And, <laughs> and please also let your tailor see that you wearing the pants. Just don't tell him you're a hockey player. Because I mean, the tailor's gonna figure it out because hashtag hockey behind. Let's stop talking the quads. I'm not even getting into the dumper. 
Although it did, but, it did occur to me, I, I have to say this a little side note, it did occur to me, I, I have to wonder, um, with bigger thighs and a, and a bigger rear, if, and, and people are going to probably think this is blasphemous of me, but I'm going to say it anyway. It did occur to me the other day, I was like, why aren't these guys just like trying on women's pants? Bigger thighs, bigger hips, which would translate to more room in the rear. I mean, sure, you know, a lot of these guys are tall, so that's kind of a problem. But, yeah, it was just a random thought that I had. They're, they're suits, Cassie. They're meant to be altered and tailored. You know, you, you generally have at least a good inch to an inch and a half of, of fabric throughout the inside of of the of the pant itself so they can be eased and taken mm-hmm. in and blah 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 and a good tailor and i'm going to continue to say this a good tailor should have done a better job at releasing and easing and tightening in certain areas so that the nashville tuxedo look didn't look like he threw on that suit for the first time in 30 years and said, hey, it still fits, <laughs> you know? Was that sausage sausage casing fit? <sighs> Dear God, <laughs> heaven. And I don't mean that as a pun. I mean that, like, literally. <laughs> yeah. I can button the pants up, you know. <laughs> nope, they still fit. Are we sure this isn't an old suit that, that, uh, that he's just, you know, bulked up since he's worn? He got it, like... Uh, well, that's why I'm saying, you know, he's like, hey, you know what? I had this custom made when I was in Ottawa for reasons. And I think it should still fit. Yeah, it still fits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you what you're saying. You know, personally, I would have... I would have played to the whole juxtaposition of the Carhartt look and gone with a classics, classic 40s double-breasted suit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Made out of just, you know, just for that whole juxtaposition of the, of, you know, the, the dirt meets the Wall Street type thing. But dear God, heaven, the slick back hair. And I'm, I'm not sure partial facial hair works for him because he's really kind of patchy and it made him look like he was carrying um, a, a double chin. <clears throat> It, it works without the extra long hair, where the the texture kind of looks the same, but the wet hair and the patchy beard. It, he just he wasn't the bald head. He just might he not be one of those. He didn't just off the mask. One of those guys who can like pull off a pull off a a beard. You know, I mean, just because everyone else is doing it doesn't mean it looks good on you, right? Work to your I strengths. Know, Cassie, I know. <laughs> Okay, I can't. I can't grow a beard to save my life. Neither can I. I. Well, (laughs) give give it a couple years. You might start seeing one come in, Cassie. (laughs) Yeah, I went there. (laughs) That's all right. That's all right. Um, It's just a fact of life for some women. I get it. Don't worry about it. I can can do the sort of video Martinson, you know, scruffy scrub, you know, stubble look but i if it and that can work for some guys you know right, it's like right it it's it's like oh i just didn't shave this morning type thing you know it's it's got that kind of haha look like yeah i'll never you know i can't i'm not growing a full beard because 
you know, that'd be chaotic, but I'm just going to allow you to see I can stubble up. But the minute it starts coming in and my, you know, my splotchy, patchy, some of it's blonde, some of it's, you know, dark blonde, and it just, you know, it looks like I'm psychotic. And now some of it's gray. I'm just like, eh, you know. What I can do is 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 do sort of the 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 goatee type thing. I can't do the mustache, the wraparound, but I can do some of the the soul patch and the lower, you know, goatee type thing. Um, and but even then, it still looks awkward on me. Um, <clears throat> oh, I hope Sarah absolutely eviscerates him. Well, the predators did tag her. I know. And fun, right. funny enough, in, in the thread of this picture, someone asked for a Nino Nita Rider picture. And lo and behold, they delivered. And I stand by what I said earlier. <laughs> Get the fashion Dear advice Lord. from the guys that actually know how to dress. <laughs> Nino, look, you're new to the team. You shouldn't have to take on this responsibility. But, oh. Is this the reason why UC Saros is playing so poorly? Does he Does, have to walk in the building after things like this? Who's to say? <laughs> is he traumatized by poor fashion choices? All right, so so let me just say one last thing with this. <laughs> you know, as, as opposed to PK Subban, who would who would sit in his stall for fifteen minutes taping his stick so that everyone got to see his suit. Right. Duchesne does it, and everyone's like, "Oh, oh, oh God, Matt." <laughs> So, so my my one thought with this is that is that if you are a boots guy, and I'm talking any kind of boot, and you're wearing it with a suit, make sure you have pants that are boot cut and for those particular boots instead of trying to use what you have to work with the boots you want to wear because that doesn't always work, obviously. Or you could just go total '80s style and tuck the pant into the boot. Oh my god, no. <laughs> no, no. Cassie, Cassie, I'm saying if you're going to lean into it... Oh, if, I see, yeah. You know, lean into it. Because having, having rewatched Roadhouse again, I'm oh, still gosh. just thoroughly amazed. The one big dude who shows up with the white cowboy boots with his jeans tucked in them was just oh my god, so peak. So, you know... If you're gonna if if you're gonna ride if you're gonna pay you're gonna go there <laughs> if you're gonna pay the admission for that ride sunshine you better get every bit out of it right make it a serious fashion choice instead of something that's you know bungled a little bit here and there lean into it entirely this this mediocrity and maybe that's the problem Pat you know it's the indecision of mediocrity. Indecision generally leads to accidents. Hmm. If you're indecisive, there you go. Oh, dear God in heaven. Since you brought up PK, PK Subban. Um, by the way, it only really took a year. But it seems like we're finally getting some good content out of coaches and players. Thank, thanks to the network. Uh, well, in the 
90s, they did do that. ESPN was actually pretty good about doing that. They gave the NHL a sense of humor whether they wanted one or not. And it took ESPN a full season to thaw out of the freezer to get used to things. But just in the past week, an interview with Don Granato. Oh, dear God, that was awesome, wasn't it? It really was. And... He he sounded like a a person, like <laughs> someone who I, just understands how individuals work and what how society works today. Someone who has wait for it evolved as the world around him has changed. Huh. Someone who isn't still trying to be stuck in the nineties. Now, to to your point, because I know Cassie and I have many, many, I, I feel like the, the commander in police academy, many, many wonderful plans and ideas um, and thoughts about your other topic about players and coaches. Um, I think with the whole ESPN thawing out is first year is always a throwaway, right? Because they don't, they they have to get back up to speed and they don't know what they've got. They just went out and signed a bunch of people and a bunch of things. And then they saw what TNT was doing and said, okay, TNT at least went, well, let's just take what we do with basketball and see if we can replicate it with hockey. And we're going to hire these people who we think we can do it. ESPN didn't have that luxury, right? You're not going to, you're not going to do the, the game day, you know, the, the college game day thing for hockey. You're not going to do, you know, whatever their football things are for hockey, they don't have that kind of coverage. So what are we going to do? Oh, let's just go get these guys who know how to talk hockey. Okay. And then now they're making smarter hires. So that's, that's all I'm going to say about that. So, hey, smarter hires like Blake Bolden. Huh? Huh? Yeah. So, so first I start liking Sidney Crosby, and now I'm starting to like the Boston Bruins players. God damn it. This was not the brochure. I did not sign up for this. You know, my bingo card did not have Rob Halford and Dolly Parton singing Jolene together on stage. <laughs> it did not have me thawing of my complete animus towards Sidney Crosby outside of his hockey, you know, outside of what he does on the ice. There was always a little bit of begrudging respect for the Bruins, but God, you know, come on. <laughs> the the video of Patrice, you know, talking to Tage Thompson and looking like he's, you know, apparently, you know, giving him props for something or, you know, pumping his tires a little bit. It's just like, God damn it. <laughs> I mean, admittedly, admittedly, Patrice Bergeron, I've always kind of liked. I always thought right. that he was probably a pretty decent guy. But now I know that he's a good guy and that there are other players on that team that are also good guys. And I'm like, God damn it. <sighs> damn it. But the going back to to ESPN and Blake Bolton and Sidney Crosby, the thing that I was impressed with was simply the fact that, that Crosby obviously respected Blake Bolton as a player. He knew that he was better, and but he still like respected the fact that she could play hockey at a high level, and 
that was great. You know, yeah. it's like a lot of a lot of guys, not just pro athletes, just men in general. There's this a lot. There's this mentality that because simply because they're a man, they can be any woman who plays any game at any level. And it's freaking annoying because it's like, oh, yeah, you know, sure. <laughs> Go out and try to play with Blake Bolden and tell me how that goes. You know, yeah, but... seriously, you're not, you know, going going back to what Gretzky's son said on the podcast when his, you know, when when his competitors would say you're nowhere near as good as your dad, and he'd be like, yeah, I got news for you, neither are you. You know, yeah. <laughs> you're nowhere near as good as Sidney Crosby. You don't think you can take Blake Bolden just because you know you're a guy? Not a chance. So yeah, I mean, you know, it's like I saw that and I was like, oh, he's actually a decent human being. Wouldn't that have been nice to know? I don't know, 17 years ago when he came into the league. I've, <laughs> I have, I have always heard that he is a great person. He is just so cloistered, and 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 you know, it kind of goes back again to that whole. And I'll keep bringing it up because it was a fantastic episode. If you haven't listened to the entire Wayne Gretzky on Smartless, please do. Because where he had to move from Brantford just to get out of the spotlight. Not to quit playing hockey or go to any better programs, but just to stop being harassed constantly. And you got to wonder, you know, that probably followed Sydney around. And that's probably why he's so cloistered about a lot of this stuff. He doesn't, you know, he's he's had enough of it and doesn't want to bring any more on himself. Hey, and I mean, who can blame the guy, right? Yeah, but I also yeah. feel, I feel sorry for him in that aspect because, you know, the the kind of stuff, I mean, you saw him smiling and giggling and, you know, giving her props and, and let's be fair, she hasn't played in anger in a couple of years too, right? Mm-hmm. So she's, you know, she's not in quote unquote game shape. Um, but, you know, just him sort of breaking down and explaining, you know, I'm looking for this and then seeing that demonstration, you've never seen it before. And it just, it, I mean, not at that scale. And it just is like, because he's so media shy in that aspect, and it kind of breaks my heart. Because, like, to your point, Cassie, if we'd known this stuff, you know, if this was more out there back when he first started, who's to say he wouldn't be a bigger star than he is mm-hmm. outside of hockey? One of the nice little subtleties is when they're about to do their little gamesmanship Blake asks a a real simple question okay I'm a right-handed player you're a lefty how do you approach that that's not the way Sidney Crosby thinks like the the question is that's the way she's thinking about things because of either the way she was brought up or taught but he didn't dismiss that idea because it's not the way he thinks he says you know, I, I really don't focus that. I just kind of read your stick. So he took a question, something that more and more players are doing. They're asking more questions. They want to know the why behind things. And he says, that's not of concern to me. I'd like to do it this way. And that's the moment where he had me, where he's not dismissing a question, but he's going out of his way to answer and explain why he doesn't focus on that. And and then the demonstration of him, you know, being able to do that was like, now I get why people call him a fourth line superstar. You know, I've always kind of got it, but you saw that work effort and that attention to detail just in that one little exercise, right? Mm-hmm. He could feel 
and and sort of feel and almost predict where she was going to move based uh, you know based on his action her reaction was going to cause her to do this so he was already there and that's something that you know there's there's some innate sensibility to it but that's also something he has worked on you know he's worked on well see and that's the thing though is the is the here's a guy who has been in the media since he was what 15 uh, probably a little young. yeah yeah and local media at first then becoming national as he went along and could have coasted on his ability like so many star players do and instead didn't take it for granted and tried to improve upon what he was already doing. But in order to do that, he had to break down what he was already doing so he could improve upon it, which again, most star players are not able to do because they're just coasting on their talent and they're just doing what they've always done. And so that's why I had said that I mean, I think he's one of the the rare few star players who could actually be a good coach and because he can break things down. We saw that in that video. He was, he, it, you know, Pat was saying, you know, wouldn't have that been nice if Shane Wright got that sort of thing from his coaches, right? <laughs> and so, you know, in, and so that's why I was saying it's like, one, clearly he respects women. Two, he can actually, looks like he can actually coach. Three, wouldn't it be great if he could take his star power over to women's hockey? And because, you know, what's he going to improve in, in the NHL, in international hockey? Not a lot. He could go over to the women's side and he could like really pioneer changes in women's professional hockey, women's international hockey and probably do a pretty damn good job of it if he wants to stay in hockey when he retires, of course, because that's always the caveat. But but the fact that he could actually tell her what he was thinking in that moment when he was, you know, when she was asking that question really shows his attention to detail, not just what he does, but how he views what other people do. I am... Um... I'm I'm sorry, I'm feeling really queasy. This is the most <clears throat> <laughs> so longest I've ever <laughs> I, I've ever Oh my god. It publicly admired Sadiq Crosby. <clears throat> Deep breaths. I'm gonna need a minute here. I'm gonna have to put my head between my legs and breathe. Oh boy. Don't strain a muscle. Oh, I'd have to have muscles to strain them. Dear God in heaven, what did, what, I'm living in the upside down, aren't I? I've never had a problem with the guy on the ice, what what he's, you know, outside of his, you know, petulance those first couple of years and blah, 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 you know, he's always been a fantastic player. I've always respected players when they can do that kind of stuff on the ice. It's, uh, ugh, it's oh. media. It's it's how he deals with the media that's, that's yeah. going to turn off. And and I mean, and he's also like, as I was saying to Patrick on Twitter, is he's always really given off a serious asshole vibe, up until like the last couple of years. 
when I think when he started to loosen up and started to actually be more of himself, and now he seems more like a genuinely nice person. Um, you know, maybe he doesn't have the most out, you know, most flamboyant personality. I don't think anyone really expects him to, but you know, at least like He's because just... he was trying to contain so much of himself, you know, for so many years, he just really came off as a major asshole. Uh, it, he was also put up on a pedestal and had to be humbled a little bit from age 13, 14 to probably 20, 21-ish. Yeah. I'm sure playing with Mario the first year or two did a little of that. His time on Team Canada, I'm sure did that a little bit. Recovery from multiple concussions. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I think it, it wasn't the first cup victory, but it was probably that second one where that's where I don't want to say he eased up because I'm sure he inside their room, he's just as intense. He works just as hard as he ever has. But again, we don't see that. All we see is the media, right? All we see like, is the media. And it's so he like, hasn't had to put up he hasn't had to put up that like edge or or like have that cold shoulder to everything. He can relax in those moments. And it's not like people can get to him off the ice anyway. I mean, that's what the whole system is like built around, right? Is to protect stars like Sidney Crosby so that the riffraff doesn't bother him. But, you know, and so you don't hear a lot of fan stories about what a wonderful guy he is. You're just hearing from the media what a wonderful guy he is. No, you do hear and players. You do hear fan stories, but they're it's it's really weird. They, you know, they're they're almost like hushed, right? You know, um, they're they're hushed in the sense that for some reason, you know, they they don't explode, and I don't know, mm. you know, and I don't know why that is. Um, I don't know whether it's just a byproduct of of his, and I and I and I don't think he's ever. I'll I'll disagree with you slightly, Cassie. I don't think he's ever presented himself as an asshole. I think he's always just presented himself as mayonnaise, and white bread. Nobody wants to, you know. It's it's not that he's been standoffish or or whatever very often. Um, you know, it's just always been this. He's got nothing. You know, he there's always been like this feedback loop. He's not going to talk to you and what he does, he doesn't want to. So don't bother talking to him type thing. Don't have, you know, you're not going to get Sydney because he doesn't do these things type, you know, you're not going to be able to talk to Sydney Crosby because he doesn't do these type of things. Mm -hmm. And that's just that perception. And I don't know whether it was intentional or not. I kind of think it was just to help, you know, like I said, build that wall around him so that for whatever reason, you know, not not here to judge anyone. You know, there are some people that are in in jobs that makes them unbelievably famous, and that's the last thing they want is that adulate is that is that you know frenzy of celebrity. Mm-hmm. But they love what they do, so they you know they kind of tolerate it to a point, but they're not going to go out of their way to do extracurricular things. Right. I mean, I can't fault the guy for that. I really I, I can't either. And when yeah. you get him talking in his love language of hockey. <laughs> right. He opens up a little. And 
Interviews with hockey players are anything but. I started actually using, like, talking about real things instead of just using the generic, oh, we had a good game, you know, generic hockey talk where it's all these words but not saying a damn thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, I know somebody that can get him going like no one's business, and that's Colby Armstrong. Um, <laughs> well, fellow hockey player. Well, but also Colby's just that guy. <laughs> yeah. Colby's one of the nicest guys I've ever met. It's it's another story for another day. Um, Don't mind us as we're like psychoanalyzing Sidney Crosby. It's it's fine. It's all good. Yeah, (laughs) I know. Yeah, (laughs) welcome to to Crosby Therapy Talk. I'm your host, (laughs) Dr. Patrick. Oh, God. I hold hold a master's degree in hyperbolic theorization. Um, I didn't really have. Uh, actually, uh, yeah, I did want to go back to that Donnie Granado interview because I don't often, I don't often like go, "Holy crap, what did I just watch?" Um, but that was kind of one of those, "Holy crap, what did I just watch?" When you know the Greg, I don't know how he did it. He's he's a damn goofball anyway. But getting starting that question off asking about you know his his love of ted lasso and finding out that he's like i like the show i don't know i don't get where everyone thinks i'm addicted to it but okay mm-hmm. and then sort of evolving that into the follow-up of well you know you you know the you know he shows his vulnerability and then don taking that ball and running for like three minutes and and to your point earlier when we were, when we touched on this pat talking about that evolution of you know, here's a guy who's been in hockey for longer probably than I've been alive. And you would expect him to be rare, rigorous and stuck in his old ways and blah, blah, blah. But him to sort of acknowledge that, no, no, you know, this has been an evolutionary process, you know, every, all the entire time for me. And, you know, seeing where he was at today and how he was dealing with people, it was just sort of like, okay. I may need to go back and rewatch that because did I really just see that? <laughs> Good for him. I didn't see it. It is very well worth your time, Cassie. Actually, it was it was really kind of like holy crap. He was really kind of open there, <laughs> and and to our point about you know. Sydney and the cloistered media and all that kind of stuff. It's really kind of like you don't hear coaches often do that, at least not in a public setting. You know, you may get them in a print report or, you know, telling stories in books or something, but just in a straight up interview, you know, they tend to be, you know, pablum, 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 cliche, 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 you know, type thing. And he actually kind of dove into stuff. So it was really interesting. It's amazing what happens when you. Ask a good question. Really was. And to to be fair, it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't an earth shattering left field question. He was trying, you know, he was, and I, and and this is what I love about it is he was trying to go for the goofy um, because that's how he tends to get people to open up as you throw in sort of that left. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. As he tends to throw, throw out that left field question. 
you know, to, to see what he can get. He kind of goes fishing with it and then tries to follow it up with something. And that's what he did. And I just, I just lobbed, you know, Donnie meatballs for picking it up and running with it. For every time he does that, we also get the Bobby Orr story. Or sometimes it works and sometimes it very much doesn't. I can't even say that's a read the room because you just don't know. Yeah, you don't. Speaking of not being able to read the room, we haven't heard much about Austin Matthews and his chance for 50 and 50 anymore, do we? Why should we? Well, the only reason I bring it up is why are we not talking about Connor McDavid for 50 and 50? Why should we? Yeah, it's the same answer to both of them, except for different reasons. It's Connor. Connor sucks the air out of the room anyway. And and again, (laughs) greatest player walking, greatest player walking right now, probably top 10 all time. You know, no doubt about it. Where's the conversation about Leon getting 50 and 50? Huh? That's what I thought. He's he's passing too much on the power play. He's suck because because David gets all the press. That's why. right. That's why I say he sucks the air out of the room. One of them just sucks. And the other sucks the air out of the room. All right. To bring these <laughs> conversations full circle, Uh-oh. is Leon a Sidney Crosby contemporary? <sighs> No. They do things slightly differently, but I think there's enough comparisons, but you say no, Patrick. No. I think Leon is closer to Peter Forsberg than he is Sidney Crosby. Ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) listening audience, that might be the greatest compliment someone may receive on this show. Yeah. And I know he does not use that lightly. No. No, and and the reason I'll I'll say it because of this. Sydney has skill, but Sydney doesn't have skill. You know, he's a good all-arounder. Sidney Crosby is an all-world, all-time hockey player because he, he's he is, got the brain and the physical abilities, but not the. He is. He doesn't your, pull things out of his hat. Right. He is your brilliant five-tool guy. Right. Doesn't have to be a grandmaster. Any one of them has mastered all five of them, and that's why he's great. You know, not going to say there weren't deficiencies in his game, but he's, you know, again, as I noted earlier, and it, oh my God, I can't believe I am praising him this much in this episode. Um, he has worked on negating, he's worked on overcoming those and being better at them. He is not, he, does he have the ability to undress you? Eh, kind of, you know, he's got hands, but. Does Leon have the ability to dress you? Yeah. Crosby doesn't have the speed to do it. He has got the hands, but he doesn't have the speed. Right. And so because of knowing that, he tends to play differently, right? To play to your strengths, right? Um, Leon is... Leon's got more of that Forsberg. He's not afraid to go at you one-on-one and then do something ridiculous that you didn't expect, which is what Peter did, Right. Peter, Peter would undress you in a heartbeat and then run you over in the next, you know, the next time you ran into him. 
you know. So you didn't was, know what the hell was coming. He was a spiteful player. <laughs> he was, you know, he was. Chris was really truly one of those spiteful guys. Yeah, <laughs> and, he was entertaining. <laughs> and that's and that's honestly kind of a little bit what I see in Leon's game. He's got that little bit of spite, you know. There are times he's going to come at you, and you're going to be like, "Okay, what's he going to do? Is he going to run me over? Is he going to run through me? Or is he going, you know, is he going to undress me?" Well, he's got the third wicket, or he's got the third knife in the hand, which is, or I can make a stupid pass and leave you, you know, leave you sitting there mouth agape anyway. And that was Forsberg, right? And we all, like we always said, if Peter Forsberg shot, you know, just even one more shot a game, he would probably would have had 50 every time he, every year he played. But he was just as interested in, you know, making you look silly then making a pass because everyone got so focused on him that he's like, okay, everyone else is open. There you go. He he was not confident in his shot either, though. He he said yeah. that in multiple interviews. Yeah. Even though he had a great shot, Forsberg was not confident in his shooting ability, and that's why he typically passed. Yeah. But he knew that people like wanted to mob him for the puck, so, you know. Yeah. He is... Uh, and so to your to your comparison, Pat, the similarities in their games, I think, is what you're seeing is that is that down low puck control, puck protect, board battle type work that they both have. I think that's about, you know, Leon's Sydney's not afraid to go park in front of the net and muck and grind. And I think Leon tends to. Like he'll go there, but I think he I think he plays better when he's got um what am I looking for? Like field commander view, right? Mm-hmm. Do I need to title this episode? <laughs> field commander view? <laughs> no, no, it's oh. it's the it's the uh, Sydney Crosby love fest. <laughs> God, and I'm going to have to answer so many questions about that. All right, we'll back you up. I feel dirty. Okay. (laughs) Well, what else happened this week? (laughs) I'm spending too much time looking at Leon Dreisaitl national team jerseys right now. So, yeah, what else did happen this week? Um,. Mediocre hockey? It really kind of was, wasn't it? It's... I I feel like the way this NHL season is going to play out is the way cost certainty was supposed to affect the league. Where enough players move teams and you never know who's going to win night in, night out. In the good way. And outside of the, but if it's mediocre hockey, is it really in a good way? Well, it's somewhat sloppy, which is Mm -hmm. always good. Okay. And everything isn't predictable. By this point last season, we knew every Eastern Conference playoff team. It's not the picture's not so clear at the moment. And in the West, outside of, I'm just going to say the Vegas Golden Knights, anything could happen. God, talk about a, talk about a wagon team. 
they just have to stay healthy. Right. That's. I think I said it a couple of weeks ago. That is one team. They are one injury away from it all falling apart. And oh, it's, that'll, it's be, not, no, that'll be our, uh, that'll be February. Yeah, February. <laughs> I was going to say, right around Christmas, Merry Christmas, you mm-hmm. get nothing. <laughs> it feels it's like... Poor... Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. I was going to say it just feels say, like uh, every <laughs> NHL. Yeah, okay. I was just going to say it feels like every NHL franchise mode that I've come into where they've only had, you know, like eight good players. And if anyone got injured that first season in my expansion year, it was done for. So. Oh, poor, poor, poor Johnny Goudreau, who didn't necessarily leave the worst circumstance. Although Calgary certainly has their issues because eh, they have a bit of a composition problem. But you lose your only um, worthwhile NHL defender, I'll say. What is up with like? Defenders going dropping like flies this year. Or just the amount of injury, like serious injuries in the last week or so. Very peculiar. It's almost like people overtrain. Hmm. Well, I don't think overtraining had much to do with that one. Um, uh, well. Oh, no, no, no. But... Quite a few other injuries, I would say yes. Yes, yeah. Oh, never gonna, never gonna dis. We are all in agreement. All three of us are in agreement on that one. Um, you know, the the strains, the groin muscle, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yes, that is by and large from overtraining. I that what happened to poor, poor Zaki. You know, it, what's just amazing is basically, you know, now he's balanced because he had the same damn issue. On the other shoulder. Mm-hmm. Separated shoulder, torn labum. <laughs> okay, so on the other side now, separated shoulder, torn labum. Uh, and freak accidents. Yeah. I mean, I don't like Evander Kane, but I don't wish him physical harm either. No. So. <laughs> No, uh, and that's, you know, that's, uh, again, I, I hate saying I wrestled with it because it's a human being. You know, I don't like all human beings, but I don't wish, you, you know, that kind of frightening scenario in any other human being. I don't care what you've done. Right. Um, no one deserves uh, the potential to be maimed. Well, you know, also die because if that hits, you know, right. artery, you know. We're talking, you know, borderline Clint Malarchuk issue, yeah. right? And nobody yeah. needs nobody needs that. <laughs> We've had no, thank you. That's been done once. Let's not, you know, nope, nope, nope. Don't need. I didn't need the details on that one. Um, nope. For those people who like to retweet things that maybe they shouldn't, you might want to consider that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't don't need to retreat it. All you all you ever have to say is Clint Malarchuk, and there is nobody who has watched hockey for more than five years that doesn't know exactly what you're talking about and has no interest in seeing it. Right. <laughs> right. And for those people that haven't watched hockey for more than five years, you don't want to know. Uh, <laughs> you just don't want to uh, know. <laughs> you damn well know how Google 
or in no, search don't, engine. Don't, don't Google the video. Don't, nope. don't YouTube it. Don't do it. We've all watched it at least once. <laughs> and that is plenty. And not necessarily by choice. Exactly. No, you're just watching a game and holy crap. <laughs> yeah, no. Mm-mm. It's no wonder he has PTSD to this day. <laughs> Look, I, I've seen a similar injury in in person once and it it is scarred on my brain forever yep Yep. i've been the first on the scene of accidents i don't need to know nope okay okay good talk (laughs) so um in in the in the tire boy i was gonna do a transition that involved tire screeching and a hard right turn That would have been a really bad one to follow up first on the scene in an accident. But you know what? Oh I am going to plow through it like I'm <laughs> wearing a poorly tailored Carhartt suit. And I'm going to lean into it. Um, Philip J. Kessel! Philip J. Kessel! <laughs> this has been the 3B3 Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at 3B3Podcast. We're available for NHL consulting at reasonable fees.